put my uh thing on on mute. Too late, we're recording. Too late. You gotta you gotta start now. You gotta start start. Hold on. My big old belly's in the way. All right. All right. I'll start it up soon. So what you what was your uh what was your theme? Uh I'm sticking to the John Wick films. Oh, sweet. What about you? Uh, that'll be easy. Well, I'm just gonna do a, a historical figure I like that has a lot of uh really cool quotes. Teddy Roosevelt? <laughs> nah, he's cool too though. All right. Hello, fellow hooligans. Welcome back to another episode of Quick Quotes. Uh we are joined by our fellow co host for this uh segment, one J Goof. Um yeah. Wanted to uh, get in the festive mood. Uh, we're a couple of days away from Christmas as of uh, this uh, episode dropping. And uh, it's fucking you know, usually, cold. It is real cold. It is unusually cold for where we're at. We don't get this kind of weather usually. Because um, what, what fuck? I don't know how it is over there. It's usually like 10 degrees colder back home compared to Fresno. Yeah, right now it does or do what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's thirty-seven degrees, which is freezing for us. I'm down with the solid like ninety degrees. I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't mind a little bit, but Jesus Christ, dude! I know, I, dude. I, I think uh, it's just in the snow. Oh no, hell no, never, never. Um, yeah, our people just weren't made for this, man. We're like uh, tropical, you know. We're we're more like Mesoamerican. Like we're meant to survive in like deserts and jungles, you know. Somewhere mm-hmm. where it's warm, closer to the equator. My and skin then, uh... tanned. <laughs> yeah, my skin <laughs> got a little bit of that melanin. Um, yeah, we're not all white and pasty and stuff. Um, <laughs> the reason it's like that, from what I hear, is so they can like absorb more uh, vitamin D or whatever, sun or whatnot. I don't know. People like the sun. They can't just uh, sacrifice uh, people to the sun gods like we did. Should we do that? Because it's super cold. Yeah. I know, for real. The sun barely comes out, too. Um, but, yeah, it's cold. Um, it's not snowing, but we're still being a little festive, at least on my end. Um, since what we're coming got? up on uh, on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, I figured my theme for the quotes would be um, the... Santa pretty Claus? much he's no that'd be a cool one um because i know he uh one of his favorite quotes uh actually put it on the gift wrap for your gift is uh <laughs> what was it it was <laughs> damn what did i write uh shit i'll have to damn dude i hate forgetting like this and it's too far away from me now um oh it was smoke blunts lit cunts that's what it was um like yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that's my boy um no so uh during the time of our boy uh jc um he was living in what area of the world goof uh somewhere <sighs> middle east dude he's a middle eastern i know um, but it's a specific area and I well he was remember. born he was he was the nazarene he was the nazarene mutant thank um, you that's what uh, I but who who were the people in charge uh i don't know dude it was the romans dude he was part of the roman well, empire and well, uh at well, the turn of the millennia um sure, sure. the 
it was actually the person who was in charge of the Roman Empire was actually the first Roman emperor. Um, he's actually one of my favorite, if not the favorite uh, historical figure um, that I really, you know, I'm interested in. His name is, uh, his name was Caesar Octavi- Octavius, uh, or otherwise known as uh, Emperor Augustus. Uh, he was the first emperor of Rome. Um, and yeah, he was pretty much in charge of, he was, well, pretty much, he was in charge of Rome at the time. And he was just a really interesting historical figure, um, had nothing to do with killing, uh, Jesus or whatever. It was, uh, I think from historical context or the Bible, or whatever it was the, actually the, uh, the governor of the area he was in. Um, but yeah, I the reason he I like Jesus, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. He was Jewish at the end of the day and he was, you know, <laughs> Romans, another way for, uh, you know, another word for Italian, um, I don't know if they get along or not. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> no, the, the reason I like him is he's just a very interesting character. Like for a little bit of background, you know, besides him being the first emperor of Rome, um, he was the grand nephew of Julius Caesar. Um, uh-huh. And when Octavian was born, he was very weak, very sickly. Uh, so no one ever really thought he was going to do anything with his life. And, uh, you know, there's old accounts and a lot of this is probably just, you know, made a bullshit, but that he went to like a soothsayer, right? Like a, uh, a lady telling his fortune. And it was him and his buddy who was like this badass, you know, alpha Sigma male, you know, jock, like a uh, warrior in the military. Cause, uh, Octavian and his buddy joined the military and, uh, the fortune teller said, you know, you would rule, you know, the, the Rome, all of Rome or whatever, you know, you'll rise to great heights. And he thought he was talking about his buddy and it was, she was actually talking about him. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, uh, even through his bouts of being really sickly, he joined the military, you know, uh, his great uncle Julius actually kind of took him under his wing. You know, he's tried to spend as much time as he could with uh, Julius Caesar just because of how much he admired him and whatnot. And uh, you guys all know, or should know, I would hope, uh, the story of uh, Julius Caesar. You know, he went mad with power. Um, he became, uh, he, so people think that Julius Caesar is the first emperor of Rome. He was actually just the first, like, in the line of dictators. Yeah, um, there's a long because, line of them. Yeah, um, but he was actually dictator for life, is what he had given himself the the title. He's dictator for life. Um, and, uh, you know, all the stuff that happens, right, you know, he, he's betrayed, he's a... Uh, He's killed on the Ides of March, and then um, there's a second triumvirate that is formed uh, to take down Mark Antony and all the other co-conspirators of the assassination. And it was, you know, this is a big history lesson, but uh, it was pretty much uh, Mark Antony. No, so Mark Antony. Mark Antony was part of the triumvirate. They were looking for Brutus. They were trying to get Brutus and a few of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mark Antony, Pompey, and uh, Octavius, um, you know, they, they found him, got revenge, and then Octavius basically rose to power. They split the empire in half, um, basically cut out Pompey again, you know, because that happened in the first triumvirate as well. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing led to another. He ends up, you know, kind of uniting all of Rome. And he did bring in, like, I think it was like 200, you know, 400 years of peace, you know, like pretty peaceful empire. Um, he established, you know, once he united everything, he pretty much, uh, he, he, he was really smart. He was a really smart person, really tactical. Um, and he, uh, he rejected the power you know they want him to be king right you know they're like king octavius whatever and he's like no 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 he he rejected him like two or three times before he 
accepted the title of emperor which was i think like grandfather or something like that it was like something like you know he's just somebody who watches over them who guides them and stuff and mm-hmm. he did he lived a pretty peaceful life um again he did a lot of great stuff for the um the empire when you look at it uh during his time he he was one of the what is known as the five great emperors he basically again along with bringing uh relatively relatively you know as relative as it can be for any type of empire or nation he brought a relative uh centuries of peace where instead of focusing on expanding the empire and you know growing his borders he focused on making what they already had better you know and um so that was someone when i was going to uh i wanted to kind of bring up some of his quotes because he does have a lot of quotes actually um so let me see are you, Let's are bring... you gonna say it in the in the classic latin no not at all okay. um <laughs> um so here let's see oh let's see if i can find so here's a uh, one of his uh quotes um, those who slew my father, I drove into exile, punishing their deed by due process of law. And afterwards, when they waged war upon the Republic, I twice defeated them in battle. Um, yeah, I can't say it in Latin, you know, it has it on here as Latin and stuff. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the, um, um, again, like we're talking, he, he was, uh, adopted. So, uh, it didn't say that, but again, like most people I would hope would know, you know, some historical context, you know, the reason he said that is, uh, he, uh, he was adopted by, uh, Julius Caesar right before he died, like not too long. And he basically bequeathed everything to, to Augustus. He's like, he can have all my, all my, you know, riches, my power, my titles. Um, that's why he was pretty much, uh, uh, pretty much like expected to lead. He was expected uh, to be the, the next leader. Um, um, but yeah, that, that's a really cool quote. Being the, the next in line like that, that's a lot of the carrying on your shoulders, especially yeah. to the previous leader who I'm sure he did very good at leading Rome. I mean, they always say Rome wasn't built in a day. And uh, all those leaders did build up so much power, so much, uh, I don't want to say allies because everybody they defeated, they just what was it annexed them into their into their uh their growing uh empire yeah yeah um, um yeah but he was the first in like a line of uh, it happens a lot so you'll basically get like a good emperor and they have shitty kids <laughs> and then eventually you'll get a good one again and then they have shitty kids again because after him was like tiberius and uh and um it was tiberius and Caligula and Nero and all that, like all these like just fucking horrible, horrible emperors. You know, they treated like a kingdom. They were very sadistic. You know, they would torture people. They would kill people on a whim. People were just scared of them. Yeah. And uh, I think that always happens when you ever go into power and then they're brought up that way. It's like, oh, we have the power. It's expected to me to have this power. So I'm going to use it how I will. And uh, yeah don't fall in line well guess what we're in the roman times there's a lot of fucked up ways of torturing you to 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 get my way yeah yeah definitely um what what do you what quotes are you going to be bringing uh this week so, Oof. i'm bringing on to the line someone else who uh, helped build an empire those are who are familiar to the john wick series this man's a, a mass mass murderer just like uh the roman emperor but uh but he, he brings it on to the, to the to the cinemas so everybody can watch and see. 
Uh, so John Wick, to give a little bit of context as well, uh, is a is this uh, crazy assassin in the film. Uh, the whole he's portrayed as a as this crazy assassin, right? And um, when you when you're getting a little bit of context from him, he's giving up the life. He's like, I don't want to live this life anymore. I have I found the love of my life, and this is this is all I want. Um, and uh, to give a little quote, let me see real quick. Oh no! Don't tell me I lost it. Anyways, um, he works for he. Well, he used to work for a Russian mob uh, mob boss, and they give him the name Baba Yaga, which uh, Baba which Yaga, means, uh, the boogeyman. Yep, the boogeyman. And uh, one of the quotes that comes from uh, the movie is, uh, he says. Uh, you don't, you don't send the boogeyman. Oh, fuck, I'm butchering this fucking line. <laughs> uh, John was uh, wasn't exactly the boogeyman. He was the one you sent to go kill the fucking boogeyman. So that's just to tell, <laughs> tell this to, to all the viewers and tell because he's explaining this to. Um, I'll give a little bit more context. Uh, the the mob leader, his son, like just like uh the the Caesars. Got a little bit too hungry of power, and they started flaunting it around, and they fuck with the wrong person, and they fuck <laughs> yeah, with John yeah. Wick, this extraordinary killer. And he's telling them, "Hey, he's telling his telling he's telling his his only son, hey, you fucked with the wrong person. He isn't. He's what we used to send to to build this empire. The bodies that are built this, that we built this empire on, he put them there, and now we're we're in the power that we're in, and you went and fucked with him. You fucked up." So who's he saying this to? He's saying it to his son. Oh shit! Oh shit! I've never watched the movies, dude. I've never watched the movies. Never? I, don't, I don't know. Really? No, never. Oh man, if you want a if you want a good uh, a good little bit of an action thriller, it's it's a uh, really up. Um, it was up my alley because I was like, there's there's not a lot of dialogue, but they build the they built this whole world of secret assassins and stuff like that, and they have like this their little little lingo and shit. I definitely recommend to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch them. I hear they're really good, really entertaining, just really fun stuff, you know. And then uh, Keanu Reeves is pretty, pretty cool guy. Seems like Keanu Reeves is—he's <laughs> always great, man. And watching him do this, I was like, oh fuck yeah, him with a bunch of guns, fucking awesome. But yeah, what you yeah. got for me next? So, um, uh, the next quote, uh, it was said, um, obviously again by uh by Caesar Augustus. Um, but it was during his stay in Alexandria. Alexandria is the, uh, at the time I believe was the capital of Egypt, um, named after Alexander the Great, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he, uh, during his during his stay there, he decided to visit uh, the tomb of Alexander the Great. Um, you know, as a sign of respect, he wanted to put a crown on the head of the Macedonian king and general and shower him with flowers. You know, this big, giant, elaborate um showing because he had just basically <laughs> what he did is he went and he killed mark antony and cleopatra and their kid um so he can gain power um you know get not be challenged and uh he was asked if he wanted to also visit the ptolemaic tomb and then uh, august responded he goes my wish was to see a king not corpses he's like i came here for alexander bro like you're not trying to show me all these other random dead bodies and not just that <laughs> but he's like i came for this this is you know what I wanted, like the, 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 no one has a greater 
significance, you know, even in death than Alexander the Great, right? You know, even his title says he is the great. Um, the whole city's named named after him, Alexandria. Um, a lot of respect, especially for those Mediterranean uh, civilizations. People don't realize because again, this was all around the turn of the millennia and uh or of the of the yeah, like two millennia ago. And what people don't realize is like the events of Greece, like the ancient Greece, like uh Alexander the Great, you know, the Battle of Thermopylae, all that stuff. That's just old as fuck, dude. Like it was old by the time that what we know as Greeks were around. They're like it, it was stories that they they had heard, you know. They didn't even call themselves mm-hmm. Greeks at the time, I believe, either. It was something else. It was like a, a different word. Um but yeah, it's just I thought that was a, a cool quote is uh, <laughs> my wish was to see a king, not corpses. <laughs> not to not to sway from uh, from Caesar, but yeah, Alexander the Great. I don't know too much about him, but I know he selected the name Great, right? Like he's like, I this is my title, the Great. I think so, because yeah. uh, I think he he chose it himself. And uh, I don't know too much about Alexander. I just know a few things, and I know he was a bit humble. Uh, there was like this great philosopher that uh, that he admired, and fuck it, I I don't remember him too much. But it was this philosopher who um, who would always challenge people, other philosophers, but he would be a smartass about it. And uh, I remember he went to go see the philosopher once, and the philosopher lived a really minimalist life. And uh, he all he needed to live was a, a like a little bowl to get water, and that was it. Everything else, it, it either came to him or he went to go to get it himself. So anything else was... Uh, it was pretty much uh, null for him because there, there's no point to all this other luxury. It's just survive, and that that's what will get, we'll get you by uh, get you through life. And I remember Alexander went to go see him. I think he told he looked up Alexander. And he said, "Move, man, you're in my light." Because yeah, I think he was, just, <laughs> he was just getting a tan or something. He said, "You got to move, man. You're in the way of my light." That's well, that's what I remember that. of the story. Also, like, there's that? a double meaning of, uh, of like, it's his light, right? He's like, this is for me. Like, <laughs> you're getting mm-hmm. in the way of what is for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let me hit you with another quote for John. Yes, yes. So, uh, like I said, uh, uh, to give a little bit more backstory of why uh, John Wick himself is killing, um, trying to kill this kid, is um, uh, his wife. Killed had his dog, right? Away. Yeah, well, not just that, but his wife had recently passed away. And her last gift that she gave him because uh, she didn't really know much about the killing life. And uh, she's like, she, she brought him happiness. And that's why he wanted to leave. But she died from, I, every, I think it's believed to be cancer. She died from that. And before she died, she left him a little puppy. And uh, he he went out to go get gas. He had the, he, he had some Mustang or something. I don't remember what kind of car. And the yeah, he's got like sick. a 60s Mustang. Yeah, the son sees the car and says, hey, how much? And he goes, like, it's not for sale, blah, blah, blah. It's like, everything's for sale. And he's like, no, thank you. And he just left. Well, guess what? They tri- they tell him to the to where he lives. They fucking beat the shit out of him. They kick his dog. I think they shoot his dog, which was a, really fucked up because it was just a little puppy. And then they just uh, they stole the car because that's what they were there for. And... Um, and that's where he swore, like, to get like all the revenge that possible on that kid. And uh, the father actually calls John Wick to tell him to talk some kind of sense to him because guess what? He used to we did we used to work together. Let's let's talk. Can is there anything we can we can do to get this over with? And he he tells him. Uh, give me one second. 
to, to, to. my notes are all scattered. Basically, he said, let's um, let's talk about this like civilized men, and let's let's move past this. And John Wick tells them, do I look civilized to you? And that's just to, to show, <laughs> it goes to show how crazy he is already. Because as soon as he, he calls him like uh, calls him with that with that little message, he, he already killed maybe fuck I don't know like th- ten men or something. And that's just to emphasize how how hard this guy is and how hard he wants to kill this this little shit that killed his dog. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's that's wild, man. It's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> John John Wick's someone you don't want to fuck with. It it really sucks that you haven't seen it because I feel like there could be a little bit more. But fuck, man, it's hard to it's hard to emphasize how much how crazy John Wick is in these movies. Right, right. Well, I've seen like clips and stuff. I like I know he's he's freaking he's nuts, man. Like he does crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So here's a here's another one of his quotes. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so this one's a. Uh, the quote is, you surely did not kill your father, did you? So he's asking a question to this person. And uh, he, how do you say? This is a quote uh, taken from while he was during his reign as emperor. He had a uh, control over court sentencing, you know, and uh, for patricide in, in ancient Rome, which is the killing of one's father, mm-hmm. um, those condemned uh, were to be beaten um to death with rods or no he they were to be beaten bloody with rods and then they were to be sewn into a sack together with a monkey and a dog a rooster and a snake and thrown into the river so <laughs> they're thrown with these wild animals um and then you know uh sewn into the sack and then thrown into the river so you know so you'll either you know drown or you know meanwhile being bitten fucked up by all these animals and uh thrown into the river but in order for this punishment to be fulfilled, the accused has to plead guilty. Um, and, uh, you know, Augustus or Octavian, uh, he asks him this question to basically dispel all doubts. Um, you know, it's basically like, do you sure? Did you kill your dad or did you not? Like, it's just it's such an interesting, like, out of context. It's a weird question. But then you read it and you're like, oh, yeah, you, you would want to pr- pretty probably figure it out whether he did or not. You know, you want to hear it from mm-hmm. his mouth. Uh, but I, I thought that was an interesting one because it's like just like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I mean, you want reason beyond reasonable doubt in any kind of any kind of sentencing. My whole thing would be like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, bro. It's it's a a bunch of of, I know, right? Like they're like, oh, you have to. I have to say that I did it in order for you to do that. So, uh, fuck you. No, I didn't. It was a, they'd be like, but sir, we all these people saw you do it. I was, I, I don't know, man. They might have been seeing someone else. <laughs> Fuck! I, that reminds me of the fuck. What was it? The the witch trials. Uh, and they uh, yeah, they would throw them in the. Uh, they would bind them and throw them in the river, body of water. They, they would do different things, and um, one of the things that they would do, which was really fucked up, is that if they ever admitted to being a witch, they would lose everything. And uh, I remember a story of a of a man who uh, who had built his whole like a bunch of riches, not riches, but he had land, he had everything he needed. And um, he knew that if he ever admitted to being a witch, he would lose everything and his daughters would be left with nothing. So they they um, they put him to, to death, not to death. They were torturing him and putting him to death. And while they were doing it, they wanted him to admit his guilt by doing so. 
they put like this uh, slab of wood over them, and they keep putting rocks on top of them, so the yeah, wig would eventually him. crush him to death. And uh, every time he would, they would say, "Do you admit your guilt?" And instead of saying, "Yeah, I did," or whatever, he would just say, "Add more stones, add more, add more rocks." I'm like, "That's fucking hard, dog." <laughs> I would, <laughs> if it was me, I probably would admit it. <laughs> but fuck, man, that's hard. Shit, man, I would not get myself in that position to begin with. Um, yeah, there was also the other, the other thing of like, uh, you know, they were the women suspected of being witches. They would be bound and thrown into you know a body of water, and mm-hmm. if they swam, if they can swim. <laughs> then they were witches and if they drowned well then they're in heaven now <laughs> fuck man yeah you surely did not kill your father did you <laughs> uh, how many more quotes you got goof I got, a, I got this really long one because I really like okay. it again yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the, the mob boss leader he's talking to his son and uh, he, he really wants boy. to drill he really wants to drill into his head what the fuck is going to happen because we're, he he wants to he wants him to be prepared and hopefully survive this in this uh, ordeal. He says, <clears throat> "John is a man of focus, commitment, sheer will. Something you know very little about." Um, suddenly one day he asked to to leave. It was over a woman, of course. So I made him. I made a deal with him. I gave him an impossible task, a job no man, no one could ever pull off. The bodies he buried that day, uh, <clears throat> that day, laid the foundation of what we are now. Now then, my son, a few days after after his wife died, you steal his car and kill his fucking dog. So yeah, he's just trying to <laughs> hammer in, like, he's, dude. He's dude, hammering it in, and he's not only that. Up. Mm-hmm. And not just that, but he's giving us a little bit of a backstory of what happened to John. It's like, hey, he he had a love of his life. He gave up. He didn't want this life anymore. He found the love of his life, right? And on top of that, she died. She died not not too long ago. It was maybe, a, I think it was a week before, the, after he got that dog and everything. And then his son just came in and really, really screwed the pooch there. And fucking, he just started, he started this ordeal of what the movies became, which John right. was just going crazy, killing people left and right. Yeah, an excuse to just fucking let it all out. It's not even so much of an excuse because throughout the movie, he doesn't want this. But because they came to him, they came to his door, they knocked to him, and they just fucked with him for no for no really good reason. He just wanted a car. And it was just like, oh, man, you fucked up. You fucked up so hard. Like, I, I can't even save you. That's how bad it is. Yeah. So this... Uh... This next quote uh, is really cool. I actually had a, watched a video on this maybe a year or two ago, and uh, it, it's, it was a really good quote because, um, again, out of context, you're like, what the fuck? Oh, it's funny how most quotes in general, it's like out of context, you're like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the quote is, Quintilius Verus, give me back my legions. So he's screaming this to the air. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, the background to it or the context for it is uh, Quintilius Verus. So the Romans, again, you know, w- what was the big problem they had, right, was uh, on their borders was all the barbarians, right? Quote, unquote, barbarians, which we now know are the Nordic tribes. So, you know, the Germanic tribes and all that. Um, Quintilius Verus, he was, I believe, half or of those of that area. And he was a general that they um, 
had like put in place over this like hey you're supposed to you know you'll, you'll be over here you'll put together all these germanic tribes to pretty much you know help fight off the rest of them and uh along with some roman soldiers or whatever and he ends up you know betraying them pretty much raiding uh and pillaging along the the borders of uh, the roman empire and they were so good and adept at fighting at the time because of the area and just the type of warriors they were that they took out out of nowhere just disappeared a whole legion i think it was a legion or two so basically like a legion is about four to six thousand soldiers and he took out two legions like out of nowhere just disappeared the people don't know if like oh they just left you know and just joined them or if they just legit killed like ten thousand people like out of nowhere um but when uh augustus got um news of this is when he screams he's like quintilius varus give me back my legions he's like what the fuck bro give my shit back um (laughs) yeah the um yeah it was in the totterberg uh forest so uh um (laughs) actually he lost three legions and uh the defeat you know it 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 fucked him up too like when he heard of this news um Mm -hmm. When uh when he heard this news, he, he didn't shave or cut his hair for several months. And every anniversary of the event, he would, you know, it, it would be uh he would celebrate it in mourning. Uh, but I just thought it was a funny, <laughs> funny quote, man. Like out of context, that sounds that sounds so dumb, but you're just like, What again. the fuck? <laughs> um, what's another quote you got? Uh this one's small. Like I just I just like it because it's funny and I like to say it every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Um, again, it's a, it's a fuck. That's funny that the most of the fun, the good quotes come from the villains or people around John Wick, not John. Yeah, Wick they they speak of him, right? You know, he's one of those it, like silent it's a, type. I think of legend and stuff like that, and John Wick just comes in and delivers. He has some lines and stuff, but for the most part, it's just him being an action hero. Uh, yeah, but, definitely. Uh, the, the quote that I like the most out of the, all the movies is, um, <clears throat> I once saw him kill three men in a bar with a pencil, a fucking pencil. And uh, <laughs> they, they, didn't, they don't give any context to that. They don't give anything else. It's just, <laughs> I, the, it, leaves, it leaves it up to the imagination of the viewer. Like, how the fuck did he do it with a pencil? He killed three guys with a pencil. How did he do it? And just it, it just opened up to interpretation. It leaves everything to the imagination. And it's just like, fuck. John Wick is fucking hard, dog. You can't. How are you going to mess with him if he kills people with pencils? Right. He's just this unstoppable force of nature, right? Essentially, yeah, of course. Like, you send him to do something, it's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, how many how many quotes you got left? I got like about three. Uh, I think I got two more. All right, cool. I'll the uh, yeah, I'll do. I'll do, um, do you? Yeah. Um, this was a pretty simple, straightforward one. Um, it, it's it's simple, and this is one that you can just read it uh, out of context and just be like, yeah, that is a good quote. Um, but if uh, you know, it, it, the the quote is uh, if you want a rainbow, you have to deal with the rain. Which, you know, we, we can all, for the most part, you know, anybody with half a brain can interpret as, yeah, if you want the good stuff in life, you're going to have to put up with the bad, right? Like, yeah, you know, some of the bad, some of the good. And it, it right? all, 
it all balances, right? And it's one of those things too is how do you know you're happy if you, you know, how do you know when you're happy if you weren't if you don't know what it feels like to be sad, right? How do you know things mm-hmm. are good if you don't know what it likes it's like to feel bad? If you never ever let's just say, you know, in this hypothetical situation cuz it's not, you know, real, but it's like let's just say you never had anything bad in your life. Was it was your life then good or is it just your life? Is it just normal, right? Um if you had a nothing but happy life, you know, you've never had anything sad happen to you, then how do you know it's happy if you don't have anything to compare it against right how can there be light without the dark and vice versa um so i, I just feel like that's a good quote um you know just a very resounding like uh or not resounding very resonating um verse of cool. like yeah dude yeah. like you're just gonna put up with some shitty stuff sometimes to appreciate you know these magical moments right mm-hmm. uh, we all deal with uh bad things in our lives and uh um you, you we wish can't... it can all be good Mm-hmm. You know, we wish it can all be good, but uh, you know, unfortunately, that's not always the case. And uh, sometimes, you know, the bad makes you appreciate the good more. Um, you know, you you don't realize how how much you cared about something or how much you enjoyed something until you don't have it anymore, right? Or exactly. You know, so that, or you that, never so had that... it to begin with, and then once you do have it, it's like fuck. How did I? Right. How was life exactly? Like you know, before the... this. Exactly. You you have that that uh the contrast, right? You have something to compare it against, right? You mm-hmm. have the uh. You know, you, you never you if if there was never any rain, you wouldn't see the rainbow. You would never experience that, so you'd never know how beautiful it can be, right? Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to have dessert without any dinner first? <laughs> how are you supposed to eat your pudding if you don't eat your meat? Yep, you got you got to eat all those veggies first, and then you get you get the sweet stuff. <laughs> so, what was your uh, your other quote? Um, this one's a little bit simple. Um, fuck. I forget the name of the actor. Who's the, what's the name of the actor from the Matrix? He plays Morpheus. Oh, I was about to say uh, <laughs> Neo. Um... No, not not Keanu. I know Keanu. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's in the movie, dude. Yeah, of course. Um, Morpheus. Ah, oh, fuck, I forget his name. I know who you're talking about though. That's fine. That's fine. People are gonna look it up. Anyways, he's also in this in this movie, and he plays. Uh, oh damn! He plays a, this underground king. Like he's he's the king of the underground, like the sewers and the of the homeless. If if anything's out there, the homeless are gonna find it because they're everywhere. They're, they're this this inner network that that he uses. He uses homeless people and pigeons to to get all this information in and out. And uh, this one, he says this in the second movie. He he's talking to Keanu. He says, um, <clears throat> "You're not very good at retiring." And John says, "I'm working on it." Just a simple little line because I. Uh, He's he's come to the second movie. He comes to um, uh, the the king for he's coming to the king for for um, he needs guns and stuff like that. And he's like, man, when are you gonna give this up? And he's like, man, that's hard, dog. Like people are after me right now, and I need guns. I get it. I get it. Yeah, is he the the guy you're talking about? Uh, Morpheus's actor is he the one who um, I think he owns or runs the the Continental, the hotel? No, no, not at all. No, no, no. No, Is a different guy. Yeah, this is a different guy. Uh, Morpheus is he's like I said he's called the Underground King, the Bowery King, and uh, he runs everything in like like sub level, basically like if if something's out there, his network of homeless people will find it, and because they live like in New York, I believe like it's they're everywhere. Yeah, it's a big metropolis city. Mm-hmm. Uh, right to on, give a little right bit on. of context, even homeless people are hitmen in this movie. It's fucking crazy. Okay, right on, right on. Um. Yeah, my uh, my second to last quote, because this could be a last quote in itself. Um, but pretty much, uh, 
this was one of the quotes said on his deathbed. Um, and there's different ways, you know, one of it could be clay or one of it could be, um, brick or plaster. Um, but it's pretty much the quote is, uh, I found this, uh, city in brick and I left it marble. Um, which again, he reflects on, on pretty much what he did to the empire. Cause again, he brought a lot of prosperity, um, he upgraded a lot of stuff, right? He brought a lot of infrastructure and just made life better for all of his, uh, all of his people. Um, that's why he's known as like one of the like five great emperors. Um, uh, but I, I feel like it's such a good quote. Um, you know, and it's especially at the end of your life, right. To reflect and be like, did I leave this world better than I, than I found it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it makes you think yourself as like, you know, what, what am I doing? Am I, am I doing what, have I made this world or have I made the lives of the people that, you know, I came into uh, better than when I initially came into? Um, mm-hmm. Just a really cool, really interesting quote. Um, I would have saved it for the end, but there's actually one more quote that I'll say after this that uh, was said to have been uh, his actual last words or, you know, sure. epitaph like uh, deathbed. To, to go back to what you said, like, yeah, it's fuck that, that does resonate because I, I recently been watching some people and they're like, what have I done? to make this place a, like nowadays you don't see a lot of people making big changes like everyday man like how how many of them are you seeing them leaving a big mark or a big legacy or something that's that's changed the, the world and uh, well, most of know, them that, are that's, well you know uh, just to answer that is uh you know the uh, a lot of people think they don't they don't they haven't done anything right in their life to to make things better to affect it or to change it you know but the reality is when when people think of that they're thinking the grand scheme of things and another way to look at it too is you know the people that you interact with right your friends your family your coworkers the people you know your associates your your neighborhood right you know your community um you know by affecting them one way or another by being in their lives you affected it and uh especially if you've made an impact on their life in the sense of like you know imprinted some type of knowledge or or advice or or just uh again just for an overall yeah exactly like that it 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 carries forward right you know i always you know used to talk about like uh you know it's hard to say too because like uh i still get very emotional about it but like with my grandpa right like uh when he first pass it just feels like all that love has just gone away you know he was always full of love always full of positivity and you know when when somebody passes like that it's hard to not feel like it's just gone away like it's not there's you know the world is a darker place right um but what takes time to realize you know uh time doesn't heal all wounds but it puts it in a perspective it makes you uh, hopefully you know understand why you hurt why you feel the way you do and what you come to realize or at least you know people i hope come to realize is that that love that positivity is inside you and it's it's up to you now to spread it further right you know to give it to your friends to give it to your family to give it to your community um so again like it's it's hard you know it, it definitely feels very nihilistic right it feels very much like uh what am i doing in life and you know by by doing by being you by existing um and by striving and continuing to try to be a positive influence you know leave a, a positive uh uh, mark on the world you know you are doing so you know the 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 human state is suffering a lot you know that's a, a quote said a lot and uh you know it, it's it's our job to to ease that a bit when we can how we can again what was the, the quote earlier right you can't have the rainbow without the rain um mm-hmm. you know it's, it's your it's our job as humans to to make the bad good you know find the good in in the not so great times yeah I mean, that's I, I you you open my eyes a little bit with that because I I was thinking more globally 
like let's say you or right. I did, did something impactful, but no, the just bringing it down to simpler terms, just uh, being some some kind of simple human interaction with somebody else, like you said, your grandfather affected you. Like I never really, it's not that I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it in this context. And you know what? That, right. that, that is a good example because if it affected you positively, which you affect so many other people positively. I'm like, you know what? Never mind, because you, you are right in that. No, in that but, sense, but even like, then, like what you were going to bring up, you know, when you think of affecting people on a global level, what people don't realize is when you think of the world, you also got to put things into perspective. When, uh, you know, Augustus was alive, what was the world, if not just the Mediterranean, the Roman Empire, the, the, the land he was in, that world, it's easier to affect him when it's that much smaller when you're that much of a bigger person. So, mm -hmm. you know, think of it when you're a kid, right? What is your world? What is your world? It is pretty much your neighborhood the and your school. Yeah, you know, maybe, right? That is your world, right? So mm -hmm. it's easier to affect it that way. Um, it, it's harder, right? Like when, when your eyes are open and you see how big the world actually is and uh, it's hard not feeling small, right? Um, but, you know, then again, what can you affect? You can affect your, your world locally and then from there grow on to be bigger and better and, you know, hopefully do good things. And if you failed... Oh, well, what is the worst thing you did is that you you tried to help people, right? You helped the people that were around you and you made a positive impact. And uh, is there anything worse than that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I definitely find myself thinking about stuff like that all the time, you know, with a, a lot of the the stuff that's been happening uh, in my personal life. And it's it's hard not, like you said, you know, like uh, feeling so small sometimes. I'm like, what am I really doing? Right. What What am I doing? Uh, to help the world what, what what can i do how can i affect it what can somebody as small as me right you know uh, for lack of a better term but like a commoner in rome like like what what is he going to do besides toil away and you know live live their lives but what people don't realize is again like caesar you know augustus uh, the reason he does everything he does is for his people you know the reason why these warriors and these soldiers go to war and fight is to protect you know what's back home so they can live these lives so they can you know, have it a little bit easier and not have to worry. You know, it's, it's hard enough being a farmer and making sure your crops are growing properly without having to worry about some barbarian, you know, coming in, some Germanic, you know, uh, tribesmen coming in and just freaking pillaging everything, you know, like, uh, so again, what are we doing with our lives if not enjoying them? Exactly. Like, yeah, you, you, sometimes you, you can't look at the grand scheme until it's over. And by then <clears throat> that's when you appreciate like, yes, I did. I did do some positive things. Some people were affected and hopefully they are able to carry on for the better. Right. Right. You know, it's that Robin Williams quote. I'll bring it up uh, if I can, or vaguely, cause I, I just heard it earlier today, but it's like, uh, uh, I don't know what, uh, what happens when I die, but I do know that, uh, her, ah, fuck, what was it? It was like, I don't know what happens when I die, but I know that while I lived, I, I helped, uh, you know, I touched some people. I, um, Oh, man, I have to find it. If you want to go over uh, your your last quote while I uh, find this Robin Williams quote, got it. Uh, this one's from the the last, well, not the last, but the third movie of the of the John Wick uh, series. <clears throat> In this uh, film, uh, John Wick has a has a little side partner. Her name's Sophia, played by Halle Berry. She's also a fellow Ooh. assassin, and uh, she does some cool things. Where uh, what what helps her? With her assassinations or her dogs, they have like little uh, bulletproof uh, jackets and stuff. It's pretty fucking cool. And uh, one of them decided, some guy decided to fuck with the dogs, and she sh they shoot the dog. One of the dogs is like, oh hell no! So when she finally gets her chance, she kills that man, and she she looks at John's like, what the fuck? And she's like, he shot my dog. He goes, well, 
fuck i get it <laughs> like i would have done the same thing <laughs> that's yeah, how my so, adventure started man they shot my dog <laughs> like <laughs> what am i gonna do i can't i can't fault you for that right well then sometimes again like it takes putting stuff in a context or perspective you know sometimes you you can't um come rationalize or wrap your head around like why the hell would somebody do this or act this way until they say something you're like oh i completely understand that mm-hmm. yeah i would do this or that or whatever it was you know um you, or maybe you didn't even go far enough you know now that you bring that up <laughs> it's like it's funny because like let's say john wick's adventure started without his dog dying and she killed it it'd be a little bit weird but because his adventure does start with his dog being killed and the the whole thing with his ex his uh his uh late wife it's like yeah no nah, i they they uh they fucked up they shouldn't have fucked with your dogs man like fuck that <laughs> oh man all right did you find the um, robin williams thing I like Robin I'm Williams. trying to find it. I know. He's such a great, such a great person, man. We um, should talk about Robin Williams some more because I love Hook. That was such <laughs> a good film. Right. Um, Flubber, bro. I was just listening. <laughs> listen, uh, to, to, Did you ever <laughs> see some of his weirder films? Like One uh, Hour Popeye? Photo? Oh. No, One, one Hour <laughs> no. Photo. Did you ever see One Hour Photo? Is that, that the one with the... It's a. Is it the one? Oh fuck! Is one hour for? No, I don't think that's the one I'm thinking about. There's one where he plays this man who's like really depressed and stuff. Um, he just found out he's gonna die or something like that. Um, mm. that one's really sad, but it's, it sounds good. I want to watch it. Um, no, one hour footer is. Uh, he's he's this kind of. He's just this regular guy that works at a pharmacy and he develops uh, photos for people. And uh, throughout the film, you find out that he's more. He's super obsessed with his one family. Like he super inserts himself like parasocially with them. Yeah. And uh, it's just this weird turn where he's he's portrayed as this kind of weirdo, always looking into this family. It's it's weird. I don't want to get too deep into it because it's a really good movie. Right, right. Here, let me see if I can find. See, I still can't find him, man. Um, to this day, I've never seen Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, that is such a good movie. I know. Um, I haven't seen it. Yeah, here, let me see if I can find... Um, I'm gonna try to name so, out some more Robin Williams films. We said Hook, yeah, we said Flubber, <laughs> Flubber, um, yeah, Doubtfire, Jumanji, Jumanji. Oh, such a good movie. Um, for some people that don't know, he was a big fan of the Legend of Zelda uh, games that he named his daughter. Well, he named Zelda. his daughter, yeah, Zelda. Mm-hmm. It was cool because there was a while uh, when she was on Instagram. Um, she had posted something, and I ended up talking to her for a good bit. Like she's going back and forth about some music, some Johnny Cash music and stuff like that. You know, just really cool, really chill uh, conversation. I thought that was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Yeah, man, I wish I wish I could find it. It was a Good Will Hunting. Never seen it. Good Will Hunting was good. Yeah, you never seen it? No, I never seen it. Too much math. Too much uh, math. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I hate apples. Uh, what else have I seen him in? I've seen him in so many movies that I don't remember on the top of my head. There was that movie that he's like a half robot. Yeah, uh, it was a Bicentennial Man, I think. Bicentennial Man. Fuck. Let me see. I think I'm sorry this is this is great <laughs> i i used to get uh, confused with bill murray when i was younger oh, i remember really? watching yeah i remember watching space jam and i thought I'm like oh my god 
I'm like, oh no, wait, it's not. It's not him. <laughs> Bill Here it is. Space Jam. Go hit me with it. <laughs> so his quote, it was a uh, by it was as the character Mork from Mork and Mindy the Alien, right? Mm. And, uh, and it says, uh, I don't know uh, how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would be without. They would have been without me. Um, again, you don't realize the impact you leave on uh, on people in your life, right? Um, mm. But you know, you, sometimes you do know. It's like if I wasn't here, you know, this person would have been happy. Um, you know, I, I I get I deal with my own uh, mental stuff, and uh, what was it last week? Where were we at? What were we doing? We were, I think it was last week. My sister brought by my nieces and nephews, and my um, uh, my niece Mirasol. You know, she's uh, you know, hanging off me. Um, and she's like, "You're the best." Like, you know, you're you're the best, Uncle Tree. You're the best. I'm like, really? I'm the best. He goes, "Yeah, you're the best." And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, such a good to hear. And uh, you know, just to have this little tiny person just love you for who you are you know their life is better because you're in it you mm-hmm. know again you you don't know what what you do in life um you know but you you hope uh or you know or you hope that you uh make some people's lives better just by being in it just by being around right um so yeah i had uh brought up the quote of uh i found this city uh you know plaster and uh left it left it marble mm-hmm. um and uh what's cool about that too you know uh just harkening back to that was a uh, when you go to rome there is actually a artistic um or artistic uh art it was an artistic uh installation uh called the plaster of rome and it shows rome how it was completely during caesar Augustus' time really cool like little model city uh really really pretty neat um but uh on his deathbed Caesar, um, let me see if I can find it. Um, it was da, 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 da. Augustus. Oh, where'd it go? I had just found it and then it went away. Um, I found this, I found Roma City of Bricks and left it a city of marble. Um, I had a lot of daddy juice and uh, I'm burping up. Um, Mm -hmm. so here, (laughs) sorry, they're just like kind of all over the place. Everything's all mixed up. And then I want to find the, I want to find a, it wasn't this one. I want to find the, while you do that, the right quote, more movies. What's that? Robin Williams. (laughs) <laughs> I forget that he was in Night in the Museum. Yeah, he was in Night in the Museum, but Aladdin, yeah, as the genie. Woo! He was great as genie. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, what else we got? Let's see if I can find it. Um, it's not this one. Here it is. It was on his deathbed. Um... Just outright Google it. Augustus. Let's 
It is a uh, if I have played my part well. So this is supposed to be to his his close, uh, you know, friends or whoever was you know in his inner circle or around him on his deathbed. If mm-hmm. I had played my if I have played my part well, clap your hands and dismiss me with the applause from the stage. Um, you know, and the idea is, you know, if if I, <laughs> you know, like we were talking earlier, if I if I had a great life, if I had such a good influence, if my life was better, or if your life was better with me in it, um, you know, did I play my role well, right? Did I do a good job? Then then give me the applause that I deserve as I as I exit the stage, as I leave. Um, and, uh, you know, it just, it resonates a lot with me because, again, you know, like, especially at the time, I would assume there was a lot of people who he did impact positively. Um, he, uh, again, he was a positive impact to the whole of the empire, not just, you know, the people around him, not just the people that he showed favor to. And uh, to have been loved so much, again, like he basically, he lived such a humble life. Um, even throughout all of this, he would live like in his little, basically like his ranch, it would be his villa and his wife and daughters would just make their clothes, you know, by hand and stuff. He was never about like overindulgence. Um, I mean, he did some crazy stuff just like all those guys did back in the day. But uh, again, not as nuts as like Nero or Caligula or some of these other motherfuckers. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting quote again. And, um, I like the way he says that as a metaphor, life is a stage, everybody's playing their part. And, uh, like he's saying, if I played my part right, if I did it well and you, you enjoyed it slash received some kind of benefit, uh, g- give me the applause I deserve. It's like that's give me the applause that's... I deserve as, as I exit the stage, right? Mm-hmm, um, I I haven't talked to a lot of people about this, but like uh, uh, a couple of months ago, my mom uh, was not doing really well in the hospital, and uh, you know she she pretty much came as close as, she, as you could to 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 dying. Uh, pretty much, she was put in a medically induced coma, and before that, before she was unconscious, you know, I'm I'm right there and I'm very sad and I'm crying and stuff. Along with my family. And she's just saying, like, you know, don't cry, don't cry, you know, no yours, no yours. It's, it's, it's part of the show, it's part of the show. That's all she kept saying. And, and oh my yeah, it's gosh, just, that's... you know, it's, it's, it's part of the show, right? And it resonates, right? Like, this is this is life. Um, don't cry. And and it's hard, right? It's hard to to feel that way during it. Um, but yeah, it's it's part of the show, right? It's part of the show. She's still trying to be a good person, right? You know, uh, uh, offer some comfort. Um, so again, I just thought that was a good quote. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know she said but that's yeah. that's really crazy. Um <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um yeah, no, that's that's crazy. Like I said, the using a metaphor to, to portray what you what you're trying to feel, how you feel the world looks to you or should look to everybody else. It's it's a good way to portray a message and to uh to tell us offer some comfort things. right like mm-hmm. offer some comfort in the sense of like hey you know we all play our part right what did i do did i do this well um and yeah like uh death comes for us all right how, how crazy is that that um who was it that put it in such a good way i was listening to like uh, the honeydew podcast or the crab feast and and they had a uh, one of their buddies was a comedian who's really really smart and he had this really good word um i think it was he was talking to steve steve was in the same episode or something like that or it mm-hmm. might have been steve himself i just can't imagine him saying something as so profound as this but it's like it's crazy to tell you to for humans to not for the only thing for them to never know for sure is if there is life after death if there is anything once we die you know we will never know that for sure but the only for sure thing that we know is that we are going to die 
don't mm-hmm. know what else is going to happen in life, but we do know that at some point we will die. That is the only certain thing for sure in life is that we are going to die, right? So to not know one our was it uh the summit of our fears right is we don't know what's going to happen in the peak of our knowledge that we you know the the summit of our fields is all twilight zone fucking quote is a the summit of our fears is that we don't know what happens when we die and the peak of our knowledge is that we will for sure die Mm -hmm. it's just it's crazy right like to live your life that way and uh and yeah, man, like, how are you going to live your life? What are you going to do with it? Um, is it crazy. positive or negative? Uh huh. That's crazy because um, we all know this, right? Like, it, it it just doesn't hit you until you're later on in life. Because I remember, I remember, I know, I knew that I knew that that yes, we're all going to die. It's going to happen one day, whether you like it or not. It's going to happen. And I remember I was watching this comedy show. Uh, it's called uh, Community. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah, yeah, I like um, Community. Yeah, community. And uh, this came from one of the comedians in the in the they're they're, they're in classrooms or whatever. They're studying um I forgot what some kind of a life class or something like that. And he he says this thing that really hit me because I'm like I'm supposed to be laughing, but you kind of kind of you hit me with something profound. And he says um humans are the only beings on earth cursed with the knowledge that they know they're going to die. Yep. You you could look at any other animal on the, on the planet. They don't know exactly that they're going to die. They just know to survive. That's all they know, is ex- exist, survive, procreate, and continue the continue the life, right? But us as humans, we know that there there is an end to it, and what happens after we don't know. But we do know that we're going to die, and we're cursed with that knowledge. And the the right. word cursed really hit me hard. It's like it, it is a curse. It's a curse and also a blessing, though, that we know that we're for sure going to die. So why not do something with it? Right. And uh, of course, it's it's hard. Right. It's hard finding that balance because it can't be one way or another. Right. Like you can't just be completely like we're all going to die. So fucking do whatever you want. It's like, well, yeah, we're all going to (laughs) die. But like, you know, your life is worth something. Right. Your life is precious. Um, Uh So, no, it's crazy. It's not only that, um, you know, you bring up that we're the only uh, animals because we are. we're, We're just more complicated animals. You know, we're a more sophisticated kind of animal. But uh, it, it's crazy because, yeah, we're, we're cursed with the knowledge, right? We're, we're cursed with uh, the, the consciousness of that. Do you know also another fun fact about humans being animals is we're the only animal in nature that actively, actively doesn't follow our instincts, right? Like how many, you know, you know, they, they tell you like follow, don't, you don't, you know, you have a gut feeling and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I might be wrong. Like, well, fuck, dude, that's your instincts, right? Like we're the only ones that is like. Let's just disregard this. <laughs> well, what crazy it, is that? It comes down to self-preservation from more knowledge that you have now. Like, let's say you have a gut instinct to punch somebody because they really made you angry, right? That's your instinct kicking and in saying, that person made me mad. But because we have laws in place, it's like, mm, let me rethink that because I don't want to get in trouble. But But not just that. Like, you might be walking around and just have, like, a weird feeling of instinct right a weird like just gut instinct like something's not right or this and that when you're making choices right you're like you know you're like you're, oh i know but you know um i have this gut instinct that i should do this but what i believe you know what i'm told or what i think should be this and sometimes mm-hmm. your gut was right right you know that's why i say you know you got to trust your gut sometimes and it's like we're just the only animals that second guess it right fucking animals aren't out there being like oh fuck maybe i shouldn't run right now they're like oh fuck something <laughs> seems off let's just run and fucking preserve ourselves right now who gives a fuck if i'm wrong <laughs> yeah we'll think i'll think about the consequences later for now <laughs> for now i need to get right. the fuck out of here yeah yeah let's survive 
Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be coming back at you next year, pretty much, right? Um, mm-hmm. With uh, some more quick quotes, um, weaving words, and maybe some other stuff. Uh, stay tuned, uh, and we'll find more out. More stuff in the works, Thank- people. <laughs> but yeah thank you for giving us a listen as always uh follow uh weaving words podcast uh instagram facebook we're on gmail twitter all the good stuff if you have any suggestions any questions let us know if there's any uh quotes that you like or you want to share with us let us know man uh join the hooligan squad discord server and uh thank you for giving us a listen again and uh goodbye adios bye